0: Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for joining us today. And, you know, let me let me talk about our next guest set up a little bit. Michael Burleigh from Peak Capital Management uh, in Florida uh, is uh, is going to talk to us about not counting on inheritances to save your retirement. And, of course, many of us, um, especially my listeners out there, you're you're over age 50. Your parents are getting up there in age. They may have accumulated substantial wealth. The question is, are they going to leave it to you, and is that something you should rely on, or are there trends that are occurring now that are going to uh, maybe uh, turn that into a myth? So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Oh, Good afternoon, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, peak capital management. How would you get started in it, and what all do you do for your clients?
1: Well, we're a registered investment advisory firm. We're based in Florida. I've uh, been in the financial services industry about 24 years, pretty much all aspects of that. Uh, I work mainly with people near or in retirement, uh, you know, that are coming up on that life change, uh, individual clients. So we're uh, kind of specialized in the fixed income area.
0: So a lot of people uh, that have been focusing on growth and accumulation, now they're getting to the age where they're saying, okay, now we need to turn this into income to live on, right? And our accumulation strategy might not cut it.
1: Correct. Yeah, it's kind of uh, what got you here won't necessarily get you where you need to be down the road. So we make that conversion from the growth phase of money, if you will, to more the income. Kind of hang on to what you've accumulated and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and from everything we see and hear, it's a challenging time for that because, of course, interest rates are so low. Traditional ways you might go to create income, uh, aren't working these days as much as possible, uh, as much as they used to, excuse me. So how do you address that? How do you help people find income in a low interest rate environment?
1: Well, there, there's, a, you know, kind of a universe of income-generating strategies out there uh, other than, you know, of course CDs today don't work. There's just no yield there. But in the fixed income world, depending on the credit risk you're willing to take, you know, yields are anywhere probably from the 3 to 7% range. Which for for most folks, if you can you know generate four or five percent, the rule of thumb right now with rates uh, where they're at, uh, you know we don't recommend more than probably a four percent burn rate on your money. So if we can earn that in interest or dividends, uh, I think they're they're doing okay.
0: Oh, that's interesting, and so that's well, that's good to hear that there's uh, there are instruments available for people out there. Well, let's talk about this trend, this survey that you dug up from uh, HSBC Holdings. Um about um the fact that twenty three percent of pre retirees would like to spend all of their savings let their children fend for themselves. Uh that's disturbing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting because uh I you know, I work with a lot of people that retire uh or are at that stage and, and a lot of times what comes up is that question, you know, how what is your primary financial concern? You know, and and primary financial concern is taking care of mom and dad, you know, taking care of themselves in retirement. You know, if you're expecting mom and dad to leave you a boatload of money and inheritance, I wouldn't count on it today. Uh granted most people do, you know, when at the death of the surviving spouse there is an estate left, but the value of that estate might not be as large as some people think. And I believe one of the problems uh that the baby boomer generation is faced with as they march into retirement is you still have some children that maybe need what i call economic outpatient care if you will and huh. then we have aging parents who are in their eighties that you know may require uh... time spent with so you know people are still working and they have to take time off work so they're kind of sandwiched in there it's a difficult uh... proposition It's challenging for a lot of uh... adults who are are, are coming into the retirement so it, you know, and, and the children that uh, are kind of, you know, not real comfortable asking their parents about, you know, how they're structured because, you know, they don't want to come across as being, like, greedy. So, you know, the, from where from where we sit, it's a secondary concern now. Uh, maybe one out of ten would make it a primary concern because if they want to set aside a certain uh, amount of funding or estate for their children, that kind of takes away from their retirement.
0: Well, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a sad situation when somebody's kind of keeping an eye on mom and dad with the thought that, that that's my future, um, but uh, is there a lot of old traditional thinking based on the, uh, you know, the old uh, um, life expectancy tables that people are saying, well, they're getting up there to about 80 years old, they ought to be, uh, you know, ought to be leaving us sometime soon, when in fact, a lot of people with technology and medical advances are going to be with us much longer?
1: Right. And that's another concern. The ability for people to leave, you know, an inheritance or legacy, if you will, is, is becoming more uncertain because life expectancies are getting longer. We plan for, you know, I just read a survey not too long. ago. There's a 50 percent chance that a, a couple, you know, in their 60s that retire, that one spouse will live to 92. So, you know, you look at that and you say, geez, we might have to plan for 30 years, 25 to 30 years in retirement to make sure our money lasts. So it kind of changes the whole dynamic of the planning.
0: Yeah, in fact, it says here that uh, the 85 and over age bracket is the fastest growing segment of the population, again, because of advances. things that might have killed people before are now just either speed bumps along the way or there's medical technologies to diagnose earlier and, and take away some of those impediments. So it might, it might be a completely, completely different conversation or thought down the road. How are you going to take care of mom and dad when you have a moral dilemma between putting them in a home or putting them on welfare or coming up with money out of your pocket to take care of them somehow?
1: Right, and that's some of the, the, the challenges that they face. You know, If they can insure the risk, that's a, you know, it could be very sure. expensive if they wait too long You know, through catastrophic health care coverage that pays for that type of thing. Uh, if they don't insure the risk and, and one spouse does end up having to need, you know, uh, long period of care uh either in a home setting or a convalescent uh you know it's it could be a 100, 120,000 a year, you know, depending on what part of the country you live in. So you can go through some money fairly quickly at that rate.
0: Now Michael, I know so there's been I, a lot of I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh so what what I would say is, you know, it for for uh a beneficiary of an account to expect that money maybe to come from the parents. Uh, again, I don't think you can count on that. And I think if you do have that kind of mindset, you're probably going to save less for your own retirement.
0: That's not By good. thinking about that
1: <laughs> cushion, if right. you will, of retirement. Well, that may not be there, so you better sock away as much as you can while you're working.
0: Well, as a matter of fact, you know, I know in the financial services world, I seem to see a lot of emphasis on, products that are being developed that will uh, help uh, elderly folks to time their, you know, the the old saying, die broke, that will help them to time make sure they always have a check in the mailbox, things like annuities and things like that that say you'll always have a check in the mailbox, even if you ran out of money normally, there'll always be a check in the mailbox. But the downside of that is your beneficiaries may not receive anything. Are a lot of people gravitating that because of the fear of living too long?
1: Well, to to a certain extent, you know, uh, our our rule of thumb is you want to cover your uh, hard call, your basic living expenses. You want to have a guaranteed paycheck for those for the rest of your life. So through maybe Social Security and maybe they have a pension, maybe they don't, maybe it's a 401k that they have to roll over and turn into income, Uh, guarantee at least your your hard monthly living costs. You know, if you want to speculate a little on the rest of your assets, you know, you can do that, but cover your hard cost expenses. And at some point, yeah, they may, may take a little away from the estate, but, you know, in today's world, you, you kind of sort of have to do it, you know, because, again, the life expectancies are getting out there so long. And a lot of folks just, quite frankly, haven't saved enough. You know, I, I read a survey recently where people in their 60s, uh, early 60s, you know, 70% or so plan to keep working past 65 uh you know years ago that didn't happen but a lot of people had the old time pension plans which are really you don't see too many today the defined benefit plans where they they had that guaranteed paycheck now it's 401k's we kind of sort of have to manage our own money in retirement it's it's a little different picture uh average worker today they're looking at you know they haven't saved enough you know they're getting into their 50s and 60s and you know they don't they haven't put away enough for retirement so it forces them to work a little longer and it does take away from you know what the estate inheritance could be
0: you made an interesting point point in that is that if you if you are considering those strategies that guarantee the income don't overdo it because i know a lot of people as i'm sure you do that they did planning 20 years ago maybe they retired 20 years ago and their pension plan was twelve hundred dollars a month and that was a lot of money back then and now it doesn't nearly cover as much expense as they had hoped even social security exactly. has a social security has an income uh, an inflation built into it but most pension plans don't do they
1: it depends on the on the plan, but uh, I,
0: I mean, how about these annuity programs and things like that? Do they do a lot of them have uh, the...
1: some? Some of them do, and some of them don't. Uh, you know, you don't want to put yourself even on the old old defined benefit plans. Uh, we had somebody in a couple months ago, and and when we looked at the the spousal benefit, it was like 50 percent, and then we ran some numbers and said, well, what would that be worth in? in Ten years down the road, it was it was next to nothing. You know, by taking the pension rather than maybe taking their money and, and rolling it into their own type of plan, like you were saying, you know, twelve hundred a month. Ten years from now, uh, if he if say the the principal passes on and leaves the fifty percent payout to the spouse, that's six hundred a month. Ten you know, ten years from now isn't going to be much. So you really got to sit down and crunch the numbers and do some do some planning to make sure you know that offset with inflation. Although it's low now you know we don't know what's going to happen down the road of life so we got a plan for historically 3 4% you know that's kind of what we could go on that's historically what it's ran that's kind of the numbers we like to use
0: so that's a good point if you're a, if you're contemplating you are going to get one of those a defined benefit plan and again not many people do but you need to know your options and you need to really explore whether it makes sense to take the spousal election with a reduced benefit or to to have it all on you and maybe have some kind of an alternative type of a structure it may involve for instance life insurance or another type of a thing that would create capital if you pass away too soon is that are those some of the common structures out there
1: yeah and you know sometimes uh we have people that uh are in a situation that where they you know have iras or retirement accounts and they at 70 and a half they start to they they're forced to take distributions out of these accounts and they're in a you know situation where they don't necessarily need the income well, in that case, sometimes they'll leverage that out uh, for an, from an state planning standpoint, and and buy a life insurance policy, use the distributions of like a ten-pay life or something to pass assets assets down to their, you know, children, church or charity that way, uh, which kind of frees up money they have, you know, in, in their other accounts that they can actually spend because uh, you know you set up a million-dollar life insurance policy for the kids. Okay, now I can you know maybe use a little more of this money I have mm-hmm. in my life to enjoy it.
0: Feel better about it.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Now, do a lot of people uh, have problems in communicating between generations about wealth? You know, we, we started off talking about inheritances, but that's a very awkward topic sometimes between um, children and their parents as far as, you know, how do you have your estate set up? Is that a conversation children should be trying, or adult children should be trying to have with their elderly parents? Because there could be a lot of risk if, they're, if it's planned incorrectly, right, the distributions.
1: Right. Yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a topic that I think the parents should be having with the children, depending on the generation. Well, the generation now, the baby boomer generation is a lot different than the greatest generation uh, we're seeing that we dealt with, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baby boomer generation is more open for these discussions than the, the greatest generation. They were a little more close, played close to the vest. They weren't really as open with their children, from my perspective, as as the generations today, the baby boomers retiring. They're more open to talk about and discuss these type of things. And, you know, they'll just come out and say, hey, look, you know, I'm willing to, this is what I need. I'm going to take care of myself first. You know, this is uh, what I hope to have left. And uh, I put them through college, took care of them, raised them, and whatever's left, they're going to inherit. And we find that a lot today where they're not so much as worried about leaving an estate to their children or grandchildren as previous generations were. And maybe that's well, just a generational thing. Or yeah, maybe, I as think I think mentioned earlier, they haven't just put away enough to be able to really uh, pass on a, an inheritance to their children.
0: I, yeah, it's, it, you're right. I think in a lot of cases it's none of your business was the the going you know phrase for a long time, and now it's, it's – uh, I don't want you to worry, that kind of thing. But the problem is, it's the world's worst surprise. If your parents, if you, if you have ever had anyone who passed away and you became the person that came in behind them, it's the world's worst surprise uh, party (laughs) to find out. Oh yeah. Now I got to put all all this together. And my gosh, how many times have I said, and probably you said, over my planning career, I wish I had a time machine that went back twelve weeks. I could have cleaned up a lot of things and put a lot of things into the right places. A little bit of time and a little bit of effort could have made a big difference in situations. Do you find that a lot?
1: Absolutely. You're not exactly doing somebody a favor making them the executor of your estate. And uh, you have to be very careful uh, who you choose for that, and hopefully they, they have some financial background because, uh, you know, it can be a nightmare.
0: Well, I, I tell a lot of people and I tell a lot of people, I'm sure you do, that, you're going to be remembered for your planning or your lack of planning. You choose. <laughs> right. but uh, That's, uh, that's exactly true. <laughs> Thanksgiving's yeah. going to roll around once a year. We're going to talk about you one way or the other, so you mm-hmm. decide. But uh, <laughs> Michael, how do our uh, listeners get in touch with you?
1: Uh, probably the best uh, way to get a hold of us is through our website. It's uh, www.peakcapital.fixedincomecouncil.com. And I'll give you that one more time. It's www.peakcapital.fixedincomecouncil.com. Wealth of information on the website. There's white papers, I've got videos posted. So uh, if you want to learn a little bit about the financial world, it'd be a good place to start.
0: So again, for our listeners, you're wondering okay, maybe I'll sell my business the next few years. What am I going to do with that pile of cash? What am I going to do with that so that I can turn that into a paycheck for the rest of my life? Uh, how am I going to manage that asset? Michael Burley is going to be your your best resource there at Peak Capital Management. Get in touch with him. Find out more about the information. And, Michael, I hope they'll give you a call and talk to you about it. But I'd love to have you on the show again sometime in the future so we can talk more about some specific strategies and topics, if you wouldn't mind coming back.
1: Hey, sure thing. It was great talking to you, Bill.
0: All right, same here. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com.